You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. That was more energetic than I normally do, Ryan. It was. You prefer the energetic version? I don't mind it. It's nice. You're listening to Inside of You. <laughs> nah, I don't want to be an announcer guy. You know, I, I never had a, a good voice for years. I mean, all of a sudden people are saying, oh, we like your voice. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, thanks, I guess, because I was so used to my voice being annoying and kind of like high pitched. But maybe I started puberty. I don't know the answer. In your 40s? Maybe. You have a good week? Yeah, I had an okay week. How was your week? It was pretty good, man. I'm alive. I'm I'm, I'm doing my gratitudes more. I'm trying to be thankful for more stuff. Um, had a great conversation on Instagram Live last week with a kid, uh, Zach, a friend of mine. His dad's a friend of mine. Um, they became friends of mine. I met him at a con, and he has a bionic arm. He was born without a limb. Wow. And uh, he um, writes a comic book called The Bionic Kid, and... He uh, he's only 12 years old and what a sensational young man he is and, and great, great family and so positive and, and just works really hard. And um, there's this company called Limitless, uh, L-I-M-B-T, L-I-M-B-I-T-L-E-S-S, Limitless. And you could donate and uh, help his cause. They make, um, they make it easy for people who need bionic arms that you know they don't want people to pay so they could always use your use your donation so it's a great uh place uh i think it's limitless dot 3d or just go on instagram to limitless with a b limbless and uh, i did this great kind had this great conversation on instagram live just with him for like 30 minutes and just talked about him growing up and if it's hard for him and how grateful he is to have a bionic arm and you know and he's just a pleasant kid and it was really nice to do usually i do you know Instagram lives to promote my podcast, to promote the the band, do something funny. And this felt like it was something good and it was easy. And uh, I, I love talking to him. So Zach, all my love to you. Great conversation. You can find that on my Instagram at the Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, and thank you everyone for listening. Um, where can they uh, subscribe, Ryan? They can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, youtube.com slash inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. And yeah. then, of course, the handles of at uh, inside of you pod on Twitter, at inside of you podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah. So please subscribe, follow us, all that. Send 100 emails every week to all your friends and make sure they subscribe. We could use your love. Mm -hmm. Thanks to all my patrons out there. Um, big family now. Got a lot of patrons. Uh, you can go to patreon.com slash inside and join today. I'll, I'll send you a message after. It's, it's just like a big club a club full of people who have a lot of similarities and um, enjoy the podcast and uh, they help it out a little more. They um, donate and, you know, subscribe. Well, donate, I guess. And uh, there's a bunch of added stuff, you know, zooms and uh, merch boxes I send and all that stuff. So you guys know the ropes. So uh, what's it called? Patreon.com slash inside. And thank you for uh, supporting the band Sunspin. If you want any merch like lunchboxes, hats, uh, beanies, coasters, the the band is Sunspin. You can see my logo shirt right here. It says Sunspin. You can get these sweet shirts. Go to sunspin.com. You can book the band if you want. Book a Zoom um, and the Inside of You store where you can get tons of merch like Lex autographs, Lex Luthor stuff, Flash stuff, Lex Luthor t-shirts, which I'm almost out of. In fact, uh, a lady ordered a small and we don't have any, so I have to now oh, no. be the bearer of bad news. Sorry, I don't have one. I'm wearing it. No, no. <laughs> um, but uh, thanks. And that's uh, the Inside of You online store. And there's always uh, usually have um, discounts on there. We had discounts the last two weeks. So 
Sweet. Also, my buddy gave me this uh, bottle of vodka. It's pretty amazing. It's uh, P-A-P-O, Papo Joe's, Papo J's, Papo J's Lambinog Vodka. Detailed from 100% coconut nectar in the islands of the Philippines. Papo J's Lambinog Vodka. So check that out. He's, uh, He's just a buddy. Um, pretty good weekend. I, I, sometimes I just find myself getting overwhelmed and then I take a deep breath and I say, Hey, things are okay. And then I think, Oh, well, you're not on the right meds or oh, you're on this. And I'm like, no, you're just, uh, you know, you're not perfect, dude. So go out for a walk, have a workout, mm-hmm. disconnect. Mm-hmm. I'm trying. I had some good interviews this last week. We interviewed this one guy who really talked about mental uh, illness and, uh, can't wait till he airs, um, talks about having a psychosis mm-hmm. psychotic break and that was interesting um last week was richard spate and rob benedict from supernatural and uh you know we talk about rob having a stroke and mm-hmm. richard saving his life and that's just a fascinating story so catch up on that one today's guest is uh he's become a friend i think this guy's got a heart of stone <laughs> gold <laughs> gold not stone <laughs> jesus uh a precious he, stone precious that's precious that's stone that's right what's a precious stone uh silver like a like a like a ruby like an opal Oh, you're thinking that stone. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Uh, You're right. You're right. So Uh, I'm I'm trying to justify your slip up. Yeah. Well, we could just uh, forget I said it and stop dwelling on it. (laughs) Anyway, you've seen him in Goonies. You've seen him in Rudy. You've seen him in Lord of the Rings. This guy's been everywhere. But boy, does he open up. And I just always enjoy talking to him. And uh, you could, you know, watch this on video um, and watch, watch the wonderful Sean Astin. He's uh, he's a terrific man. I didn't know that. But his dad is. Mr. Adams. He was the original. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. What's his name? Mr. Oh, Adams and the Adams family. I mean, that's as far as I know, too. Yeah. Anyway, why don't we waste no more time and get into Sean Astin? It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Ladies and gentlemen, Sean Astin is in a studio. Do you have a studio at your house, dude? I'm in my daughter's bedroom. What? And we've set up this little, uh, I just recorded a book on tape. And uh, so it was the, it's the only room with dead enough sound. So uh, she's like, dad, what are you, are you, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm doing a podcast. She goes, can I have my room back? <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so you're in your daughter's bedroom right now yeah and is it a corner of her bedroom is it like because oh, I, I have these little like wardrobe stands with furniture pads on them but i'm so sick of zooms <laughs> like oh here's your backyard oh this is your living room oh this is your whatever i'm like you know what i just have this thing set up i'm gonna do this like some Badass in a studio guy. Well, it looks like professional. It looks like, I mean, you know, your mic's in the air. You know, it's yeah. not just in front of you. Yeah. You, you got the sound sheets up, the the blankets. It, it, you could be anywhere, but. And I, there's her little. Oh, look I'm at not, that. It's inappropriate for me to show her room, so I'm just going to. It's completely inappropriate. <laughs> How are you, buddy? I miss you. I'm so boring. That's what I am. I'm boring now. I miss you too. You look. You haven't changed a bit. COVID hasn't hurt you. Uh, that's not true. I, I had, knock on wood. I haven't gotten COVID. But like I was just saying today, uh, Ryan's like, you look like shit. I go, well, you know, I just got off these meds that you know for you know some anxiety stuff, and I got off it, and I, I'm just a little dizzy. 
I'm like a little bit off and I just took a big poop. So that was cool. But so, uh, so you're off. Like if you lay down and then you sit up, you're off or no, you're just, just like all the time. It's just like, you know, when I turn my head, it's just a, it, it's just a second of like, it, it kind of comes back to me, but it's, when, it's, did, you fin- when did you finish? Uh, two days ago. So, oh, yeah, you know, it's kind of an abrupt thing. It was just like, a you know, I was on a low dose and it was just like not working. So I don't know how everyone isn't on anxiety medicine. I mean, gee, <laughs> many Christmas, this entire planet <laughs> is anxiety inducing. You know, I mean, we, at this point, helicopters go over the house low and I'm like, Jesus, Christ, it's over. The incoming is here. Uh, well, I, I'm yeah. sorry that you had that uh, challenge, but you look from my side of things badass as usual well thanks there's some filters on no there's no filters <laughs> but like you know i know we've talked about this in the past but like i i, I mean are you anxious do you are you getting anxiety do you deal with it you take any like uh xanax or anything that's like cope with this shiza I'm, i haven't taken any um any anxiety medicine i listen we're all um the mental health situation coming out of this pandemic for every single human being is something that has to be addressed actively you can't i don't think any of us i mean i saw some show from the 80s we were sitting watching tv which is like what we do and some show from the 80s came on and there was a scene with a bunch of people in it and i literally had this feeling of like being worried about the people in the room (laughs) like all those people are in the same room together that that's not healthy. That's not safe. You're like, that's 1987. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, I mean, I yeah. definitely, my entire consciousness has, has been, you know, reconfigured or something. So yeah, no, I mean, I, we're, it's, we're hurting. We're absolutely hurting. There's no question about it. When you say we're hurting, your family's hurting. Yeah. All of me, my, my family, my wife seems to handle it the best, but each of the kids, uh, we have three daughters. Yep. We, we all go through moments where you're like, what is wrong with you? What's going Oh, like, wait a minute. Maybe if it wasn't COVID for the last 12 months, this moment of, you know, anxiety just has a different word. Like what is anxiety? You know, it's, um, we, we got a, um, a camper. Ooh. We haven't left the house. Wait a minute. You haven't left the house since March in a year no 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 come on you go to the grocery store no everything gets delivered the groceries get delivered on the steps it's out there for a half hour we have we the, my my girls all have um asthma and they all get pneumonia really easy and so their their doctor early on was like you know what you're in a high you're not in a high risk group my wife actually is because she has a thing but um i don't know how much i'm supposed to talk about with that but the <laughs> the um they're like you you need to be on the extreme end of cautious so we yeah. we took that now and now, you know, yeah. So yeah, I have anxiety. Now we're like, how, when do we when do you go outside? Every time I see people outside, I'm like, oh my god, what's going on with them? The only time I've gone outside was our car battery when the fires were happening. I'm like, if we have to evacuate because of the fires, we need to make sure the cars are running. So I had to go out and jumpstart the cars because the battery died, and then I would just drive around in circles inside of our little gated community, you know, for 25, 30 minutes watching people walking their dogs without masks and being like, <laughs> like they're vampires. <laughs> the people without their mask on. Um, so yeah, I mean, and then we got a camper, but uh, I, we had our, our former nanny and my, and who was sort of functioned like an assistant for us really for a lot of, a 
lot of years, was um, happy to greet the camper. When I say camper, I mean like one of those teardrop fits one person guy in Yosemite who's going to be rock climbing outdoor campers. Right. Like not like a, I'm thinking of a big RV, like a camper. No, no, no. This is like pull behind a you can pull it behind a, a car. It's so small. You can lift it up and move it. But it's got like, you know, all the stuff you'd want. It's got a, a stove, a stove and a microwave and a bathroom and all that stuff all within. You know, it's like the size of three porta potties, but in a teardrop shape. And we got it because the girls were worried and this was right when it was happening this was like in may right during one of the big the, the first big peak i guess right and the girls we were worried like okay the last time we had to evacuate the house first we spent two days in a hotel and then we have all these dogs oh that's our instead of xanax we got a puppy <laughs> that, that calms your anxiety the puppy well, it completely takes your attention away from everything, and they're so cute. So, Aww. but once that settles, you have to keep getting a puppy like every six months. <laughs> what kind of what kind of puppy? I go crazy. I have a two and a half year old. Uh, uh, oh, we we this one is a King Charles, uh, King Cavalier, Char, King Charles Cavalier, whatever it's called, Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, and it is so cute. He's like a uh, she's like a teenager now. She's grown from this to this, and she's. Uh, my wife was up all night with her last night cause she must've eaten like a piece of popcorn that she shouldn't have had or something. So that wasn't, that wasn't a pretty, pretty story, but we have, so we have like, we have a lot of, we, we, I can't even talk about our dog situation, but we have, that's our, um, but the camper, so it's small enough to fit in the garage and we, we have like a normal two door, you know, the, we have, two, we have a two door and then a one door. So it's right. like, a, you know, why but, such a small camper? You've got three girls, you got a wife, you got dogs, you got, it was a bad decision. <laughs> It's a bad. Get something bad bigger. Decision. You got a little money. I mean, you got three kids, so I don't know how much. Well, but we did. But where are drive. you going to put it? We, where are you going to put your it? Your driveway in front of the house. Let people be no, upset. We live, that you gotta... we live on a hill like this, like yours, but like tw three times as steep as yours. Ooh. Like this. Like if you drop a basketball out of, like you get out of the back and you open up and a basketball falls out, you will kill a child on a tricycle at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> It is. It ends it up is, at the it, forum. It is a steep. Remember that Bill Cosby routine about go karts? It's like a. The, do you remember that? Do, do no. His comedy album. It's like his first or second comedy album. He did this hilarious thing about go, uh, go karts. I don't know. Maybe we're not allowed to laugh at it now. But but anyhow, oh, you can laugh at then, it now. But we were we the whole idea of it. Listen, this is like your anxiety. You managed it. What do you mean? I managed it. I'm I'm trying to manage it right now as yeah, I speak but, to you. But think of the absurdity of how everyone is thinking about things it's absurd oh yeah like i was watching the news today sean and i don't want to just throw you know useless knowledge or like hearsay but i did hear something like oh well, we know that the vaccines last at least three months i'm like i literally from the other room go what <laughs> three months <laughs> Was that from the White House briefing room? Was that from the uh, CDP thing? Was that from, it was my biggest my biggest problem has been you look at some of these other countries <clears throat> and they may not be a hundred percent accurate with what they're saying, but they seem to be speaking with one clear voice. And in our freedom loving country, there's no consistency in what you're hearing, partially because they're learning what's happening right. as it's, it's happening you know it's don't wear masks or only wear masks for other people oh yeah you got to wear masks for yourself and you know you you play them back to back and you're like are these people schizophrenic or are they really learning something as they go along and 
and you and and not just that, but you know this this situation was predictable and predicted. I mean, have you seen Contagion? While well, you've been just, it's great for your anxiety if you watch Contagion. Well, I'm not that watching that together. shit. I watched uh, Greenland last night. My friend Morena yeah. Backrum was in this movie Greenland with Gerard Jeopardy. No, Gerard Butler, not Jeopardy. Uh, totally different totally guys. Totally different guy, completely different noses. Or is that Cyrano de Bergerac? <laughs> that he body played? mass index. <laughs> but I watched it and it was like this these meteor falling, falling out of the sky, meteors. And I just was like, Ryan, I was like, holy crap. That gave me some anxiety right there. That was enough, you know? That could happen. Oh. You never know. You always hear, eh, a meteor is 400 million miles away. It probably won't strike Earth. And no one gives a shit. They're like, oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, not listening. No, I always hear that there's a meteor that might crash tomorrow, and then they and then it passes by. Well, we dodged a bullet with that one, and you're like, <laughs> first of all, why didn't you? I want to know in enough time to panic. I don't want to like have my you don't can't rob me of my panic. <laughs> rob me of my panic. You don't want to know if it's happening. I want to know. It's got to be like the last second. They're like, a meteor is expected to strike, and it's either that or they don't even tell you, because it's like the fear that it will be instilled upon us. I think that will just everybody will run over each I, other and you know I remember and, seeing um I think it was Sandra Bullock on the Letterman show. Mhm. And I think it was her. It might have been another uh another actress, but I think it was her and her private jet had some trouble when it was landing like the landing gear messed up or there was a flat tire when it landed and there was skidding involved. Mm. And she's telling David Letterman this anecdote about what happened. And he's like, my God, well, what were you thinking? Are you okay? And she described it a little bit. And he's like, yeah, but you seem so calm. And she goes, well, it's not happening now. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. <laughs> like, um, why, let's, let us calibrate our, our terror relative to the timing of a threat. So we know, like, there's a lot that we know and understand and we can, and this is where religion can, can play a useful role or jazz music can play a useful role. Like some people are like, you know what? We're all, <laughs> nobody's getting out of this alive. We're all, you know what I mean? May, if we're lucky, we live to 117, like that lady who just beat COVID in France or wherever. I mean, the know, queen I mean, is like, the queen's almost a hundred. Margaret lived till a hundred and something, you know, it's like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. So, so then we are, uh, 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 midlife at the moment if we're and the, but the point is like we've there was a moment when when Lord of the Rings won best picture that moment I I was like I can well, I feel like I've made a contribution to the to the world I feel like I've done like if I die now I can die at, at peace because I I did something and I think teachers and nurse, nurses and firefighters, like if whatever your thing is, if you if you live, and it doesn't have to be epic, you know, it's like some people, my wife, I remember when we first got together, we were sitting in the bathtub with my gorgeous girlfriend at the time. And, I, you know, she was this, uh, she's sexy and always still is, of course. We just you're wait, you're sitting in the bathtub with your wife. Yeah. She's obviously like, naked. Uh, yeah, we, we take baths naked. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to make sure because you never know. No, no, Some people... I'm just painting a picture for you, man. <laughs> we just had our fit, our thirtieth first date anniversary uh, on the thirteenth. Wow. Yeah. And you're going to be fifty in a week. 
And I'm going to be 50. Is it a week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, buddy. Life. <laughs> Woo, but you already it. made a contribution. So who cares whatever you well, do Well, that's now. the thing. Well, we were sitting, we were in this bathtub and I was, I proposed to her the first minute I met her. I was like, you know, the fact that she even looked twice at me was ridiculous. Like clearly she had some mental defects because <laughs> you can't be that gorgeous and that stupid. Like <laughs> to go for me, I'm like this spastic actor guy running around. And, uh, and, and but we're there and she's from Indiana. Her dad was a firefighter. I grew up in Indiana. Indiana is beautiful. Right. And, yeah. and, you know, but she was, she was small town people. She was working actually in Beverly Hills at the time at, at, at a commercial agency. That's how we met. But, but her mentality as sophisticated as she was, she was like real people, you know, she's like no, a normal how person. How so? S- says what she means, means what she says, like, you know, doesn't, can see, uh, artifice for what it is, you know, like enjoys things that are exciting and, and, you know, whatever, but, but has a sense of perspective about the world. It's just a worldview. I know, you know, that, that some people have a way of, a way of being a settledness. She came from a, uh, a family, like her mom died when she was three, her dad cycled through a lot of different women. Um, she, Jeez. uh, there was, there was a lot of drama in her early life and it just, it just what came out of that was a person who was like, you know what, that that can define me, or I I can be me. You and know what so though? She, what I just figured out, what you just said. Her dad died when she was, uh, or her mom, mom died when she mom, was mom, three. Yeah, her dad, uh, you know, was a philanderer. You know, with women coming in and out. And then my thought is, then she sees you, and for some reason, you're already in the bathtub when she sees you, and uh, she has she looks at you and says this. Yeah. Because this guy, you have a certain disposition that gives comfort to people. You are comforting, Sean. And I think that that's a big part of it. Am I wrong? She just felt like you are a humble uh, man who could give her other uh, things besides pleasure. I think but, uh, I was both a, a nurturing type figure, like a stable person. Because yeah. I was all in from the second I met her. You know, I mean, there was no. How fast? No, Come no, on, people say that, but how fast were you all in? Five minutes. Five minutes. Maybe this, less. The, you say maybe, maybe less. not. She walked in. Her brother worked. Her late brother worked at the. Uh, actually, her late brother Carrington. That's he painted that. Oh wow! That's his painting. He was a painter. Oh, God, um, God but he uh, he worked down the hall. She worked in the celebrity side, and he worked in the uh, what non celebrity side? I don't know, whatever. But. Um, he came in like five minutes after we met and she said, this is my brother Carrington. And I stood up and said, Carrington, it's a pleasure to meet you. May I have permission to marry your sister? And he, she was just, uh, had broken up with someone that he did not like. So he was like, sure. Just like that. <laughs> he just sold her out. I'm like, damn, he's kind of like, don't trust that guy now. <laughs> How many dates before you actually proposed? Uh, How long was it? A year? I think like on my knee with a ring formal proposal was three months. I couldn't imagine that. I mean, I hope God willing that happens to me someday that I just have to happen like that for everybody. No, but I think it will for me. I think if I'm going to either that or it's just I someone sticks with me for so long that I'm just like, I I don't know. They're still around. Maybe I should just marry this person. If they could put up with my shit, I'm going to because I just watched uh, this Richard Pryor uh, documentary and this woman just kept. I mean, this guy was not a great, I mean, look, genius comedian, one of the best, but also not a great guy. I mean, you know, there was some dark shit and she stood, but even if after he got burned, even after he got, I think MS or, uh, you know, she stood by him. He says, oh, let's get married. 
She's like, I mean, I don't even know how she said yes, but she did. And uh, I think that he felt like, wow, no matter what I do, she sticks around, man. She loves me that unconditionally. And there's something to be said about that. Like, you know, they put up with your shit. And I think for me, there's probably some deep down childhood shit that I'm like, ah, I can't be loved. I don't believe it. I, there's there's got to be ulterior motives. No one could love me. There's got to be that. You. I know there is. And I so, love you. well, I love you too. But I think that there has to come a time where you have to say, you know what? I'm worthy. Uh, you know, someone should love me. But you've always felt like you could be loved. You're a lovable guy, I'm right? Te- I'm telling you, I love you. I haven't done an interview in a year. Really? Well, I mean, I'm doing different things, but like the reason we're doing this interview is because there's something inside of you, some some pure thing that I that means something to me. And I and uh. of course you're worthy of love. Of course you are. You know, a lot of times you feel like some people like you're a thoughtful guy and you're not just thought you're an emotionally thoughtful guy. And you're and sometimes you feel like you wouldn't be, you know, like you you would you wouldn't be good for the other person, you know, like you like but you would. But I feel like I'm going to let him down. I always feel like I'm going to let you down. We let every, we let, I let my wife down so much. It's just awful. I, I honestly, I like, <laughs> you, you let I her down with the camper. With her for her. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I am me. And I'm, yeah, no, we always let each other down. But like with the Richard Pryor thing, there's something inside. In particular, if you can see that thing inside somebody else and other people can't see it because they're wowed by the spectacularity of it all or they're, put off by the 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 you know the grotesquerie of all of it but you see that thing in them and they know you do and they see it in you that bond that's there's something it's a connection it's a soul it's a it's, it's a sound you know it is but but my what i said in the bathtub to my wife was because i wanted to be president of the united states i wanted to be the ceo of a billion dollar corporation i wanted to be like david lean or some filmmaker on on some spectacular scale i i wanted everything i wanted it all man and i and so we're and but this this girl was like more important than any of that because she was her and i and i said trying to negotiate our future in the bathtub i said do you believe that some people are destined for greatness and she said i believe you can be happy having a simple life and I was like, fuck, I knew she was going to say something like that. Jesus, man. <laughs> it's, it's, oh. <laughs> it's, uh, and so like some, somewhere when it comes to being afraid of the things in this world that can kill us, like you have to take care. You have to be cautious, but at a certain point you have to live. I mean, that's what I'm going to be trying to tell myself when it's time to go back outside. This is a guy in a bunker talking. (laughs) (laughs) Inside of You is brought to you by Factor. I love Factor meals, Ryan. Do you know this? Yes. Why do you know this? Because I've seen them in your fridge and you've offered me some. And you've had them. And I've had them. And you love them. I do. Because I asked you every time. Mm -hmm. Um, Look, I spent an enormous amount of money using delivery services for food or going grocery shopping and never eating the food that I buy or too many leftovers. And it's just, I waste so much money. And, you know, Factor Meals has really changed my life in a lot of ways because they have so many different meals, like 35 different meals, more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. And it takes just two minutes. So it doesn't matter how busy you are, it's two minutes to cook this stuff. You always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. And that's what Factor does. Um, 
I, I, I just can't get over all the things they have, like filet mignon, shrimp, blackened salmon, um, their breakfast items, everything, dessert. It's it's perfect for my lifestyle, and I think it's perfect for a lot of lifestyles. Um, yeah, you can crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Keep kitchen time to a minimum. Factor meals are ready in two minutes. No shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Enjoy effortless support for your lifestyle. Choose from six menu preferences to help you manage calories, maximize protein intake, avoid meat, or simply eat well-balanced. Warm, sunnier days are calling, Michael. Well, yes, they are. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. It's pretty incredible. Head to factormeals.com slash inside50 and use code inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code inside50 at factormeals.com slash inside50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Factor Meals. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker. Qualia Synaletic. I just sent some of this to my mother and she's starting to notice the differences mm-hmm. in herself. And, she, and because I noticed my mother was always had brain fog and, and she couldn't think clearly. And, and, you know, and, and I, I was like, well, this stuff works for me. And what's great is I didn't even, they weren't even a sponsor when I started using this. Um, have you heard of Synaletics yet? Well, listen, it's a class of ingredients discovered less than 10 years ago and they're being called one of the biggest discoveries of our time for helping to promote healthy aging and helping to enhance your physical prime. Your life goals in your career and beyond require productivity. But let's be honest, the aging process is not our friend when it comes to endless energy and productivity. That's why I use Qualia Senolytic. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging, such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, hello, sluggish mental and physical energy, hello, associated with that middle age feeling, hello. Also known as zombie cells, they are old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senoletic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And you just take it two days a month. That's it. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all ingredients together. And they must believe in their product because they have a 100-day money-back guarantee. It's pretty amazing. I felt higher energies. Uh, I feel uh, more focused, um, younger. I have to say, because a lot of these things make me feel younger. I feel more uh, productivity happening in my life, a little more enthusiastic. Help resist aging at the cellular level. Try Qualia Senoletic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Thanks to Neurohacker for sponsoring today's episode. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The products and statements are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
most extreme thing, no, I think I felt depression during this, but I think the most acute thing I felt, and it's happened like five times over a, the year, is um, a claustrophobia, a panic associated with claustrophobia. Like, normally, I would think that I would be the kind of person who'd go out and help with um, food distribution for people or something something to contribute to society. I want to be one of the those people. And it's probably good that I, like, I'm probably lucky I didn't do that, but, but, uh, cause I'm like heavy and like when you're, the, you I actually think, look good. You, you, I look at you like you lost weight actually. Uh, from the time I saw you, I did, but my pandemic, I lost 30 pounds. I juiced and fitness and did all that in the, you know, like on the treadmill and in the backyard with jumping jacks and in the sun all the time. And in February, March, last year mm -hmm. i was like the pinup guy i always wanted to be oh, i remember then, you were like really rocking it yeah and then came may and june and july and i hadn't eaten any sugar no refined sugar at all because it's sugar is my heroin the until july and then the second i ate sugar starting in july catastrophic it was a catastrophic yeah. a systems failure <laughs> well, I've, I've been doing that sean i've been um i never was a sweets guy i was like i don't really buy sweets i'll eat chips but i won't eat sweets and all of a sudden the last few months the whole girl scout cookie shit you know people are like saying buy that so i'm like of course i will and then i'm not gonna eat them i'll give them away and then the mints you can't not eat the mints and then you got the peanut butter cookies, so you throw them in the fucking freezer or fridge, and they get real hard. Who eats the crack. coconut ones, though? Nobody's going to eat those. No, no, the co no coconut. But then all of a sudden, you're like going, then I'm ordering um, post-mating Jamba Juice smoothies. I'm like spending $18 to have something delivered. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And it's like Sugar City. Today was the first day I had a trainer come. He stood outside the garage outside and just told me what to do. And it was hard. Maybe that's why I'm a little lightheaded today. But uh, it is. It's it is did so. You eat, did you eat food? Yeah, I did. I had a big breakfast. I had eggs, bacon, and and uh, I cooked myself some eggs, bacon, perfect, and toast. Yeah. Perfect workout food. No, I wouldn't say. Well, bacon probably not. What's wrong with bacon? Egg, maybe it's... protein, but but like right before you worked out. No, right after. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you were carb loading up or whatever. Well, uh, yeah, man. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like i had a donut and i had like you know <laughs> i had crepes and I, <laughs> I don't know why i feel like shit <laughs> i had positional vertigo once oh. you know what that is all i know is vertigo is is the jimmy stewart movie that is is creepy that you can't look down because you get like get dizzy right so the there's a word that i always okay conical the conical inner ear like it looks like looks like a shell deep in your inner ear they when you go into the ear nose and throat guy they'll show you a picture of like oh this is your inner ear if there sometimes this can happen to people where you get a tiny like tiny can't even see it with the naked eye piece of grit or something that lands wrong in there and it makes you dizzy i was doing a thing where i'd be in the bed and i'd sit up and my eyes would be going like this Jesus. and i'm like oh my god i'm dying or i'd lean forward and you feel like this pressure in your head and you look up and my eyes go so I went to the doctor and they did all these tests and they go, you have positional vertigo. I'm like, what the, you know, how do I get rid of it? Well, I said, how do you get rid of it? He goes, it's really actually, it's kind of a lifelong thing. I've been experiencing it for Ugh. weeks, for like two weeks, three weeks. I thought maybe it's, maybe I have the flu. I don't know. I don't know what I thought it was, but you know, I'm not like a race to the doctor kind of guy back, back then. And in my twenties, 
And uh, the second he said that, I never had it again. Well, I may have had it a couple times, like in the last 30 years, but but I never, but it, I was like, there's no way I'm going to have that all the time. So I don't know if it was psychosomatic or if I just dealt with it a little bit better, but I don't know what the situation was. But for, I always thought it could get me out of um, like a DUI. <laughs> I have positional vertigo. I don't really These tests of yours are not going to work. Can you walk the straight line? No, I've just told you I have something in my colloquial. <laughs> what is the little I have positional thing in vertigo, your honor? What's the thing in your ear? The colloquial, the conical, conical, the hairy well, conic, genical. Cone. Conical means cone. Conical means the inner ear is shaped like a cone. Right. Gotcha. But I'm just saying, like the um. So I know that dizzy sensation. But what I'm saying was the the um the panic associated with claustrophobia because I would look outside and it was little, we have a nice big home and we're very lucky. We have a nice backyard. We can go in a pool and lay out in the sun. And like, we're, you know, if you're going to be in house arrest somewhere, this is where you'd want to be in house arrest. Yeah. It's nice, you know, but, but at a certain point, I remember Shaq saying at one point when he lost a championship and uh, like, was it before Kobe or with, I can't remember, but he, he was like, it doesn't matter how rich you are when you lose. He's like, you've got four walls. And when you win, they seem like the biggest four walls ever. They go, when you lose, it's just a fucking wall. You know, and you're just staring at a wall. Right. And I remember thinking like this optical sensation that the walls were like wobbly. Like I'm not going to be able to leave. Like I'm not leaving. What happens if I can never leave again? What if, you know, this was before they talked about variants and stuff too. This was like, this was, it was like, what if it lasts forever? What if, you know, and then you watch shows like Last Man on Earth. You right, ever watch right, that show? Yeah, yeah, I've seen it, yeah. Oh, it's great. Funny. Oh, my God, he's so great in that show. He kind of makes it like, it wouldn't be that bad to be the last person on Earth, I guess. But anyhow, I that that sensation, all of the, like, layers of emotional and psychological stuff that come along with this, I think we all have to address ourselves to being patient and realizing that, it is going to take time for us to learn how to human again, how yeah. to be with other yeah. people. Well, and, and, yeah. yeah. Well, what's scary is, well, doesn't it scare you? I guess not. You're the kind of person that they say you have situal, a positional vertigo, and then the next day you're like, fuck, no, I don't. You know, <laughs> I don't have that. And then it goes away. So it may be a stupid question, but, you know, obviously you, we talked about your incredibly famous mother, Patty Duke, the late Patty Duke, God rest her soul. And she suffered from mental illness. In fact, there's a, a organization, uh, the Mental Health. What is it called? Patty Duke the, Foundation. The, the Patty Duke Mental Health Organization, which finally is making its first e expenditure of money. Over she died five years ago, almost six years ago, and uh, well, just about almost exactly six years ago. At the end of next month, it'll be six years. The uh, we we've just been holding the money because we, we raised a bunch of money, but it wasn't enough to do to like start a foundation the way we wanted to. So now connected with um, coming out of COVID, we're we're uh, sponsoring or we're trying to help take um, this charity that does um, it's a running charity, and and it's for kids, elementary school kids, and it's 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 a charity that I started, uh, and it's been self sustaining. But at this moment, because of COVID, it's it's going to have a dip. So we've actually figured out a couple of things that we can do, and because kids need um it's called run third is my charity that i started and is my idea that i started and then mindy really started the actual charity but it it provides an after school running program for elementary school kids in underserved areas and the the run third is i run first for myself 
So we're teaching the kids about self-empowerment. There's a whole curriculum. I run second for my family. So it's about connecting them with their family and giving their, their family a way to connect with them uh, associated with, with this running kind of experience they're having. Right. And the third is I run third for others. And so it's a hashtag RUN3RD. It's when I, in 2010, 11, 12, somewhere like that, I started this thing. And it becomes like a living prayer chain on the hashtag. And we've That's got great. it. It's in 12, it's, it's in 13 schools, 10 or 11 in Mesa, and then one in Arkansas and one in Massachusetts. And so it's, it's, it's having a dip at the moment because there's, they can't do the normal fundraising they do. And then there's right. a 5k at the end. So these kids, imagine a fourth, fifth grade kid. They don't do, you know, most of them don't run 5Ks, but you you basically give them this little curriculum and you coach them and you give them an after. Kids are happy to do whatever you do if you spend time with them. So we we provide yeah. this after school experience with them and they, at the end of it, it culminates with them doing this 5K run and they put on their back the sign of the run third, who they're running for. So that's great. Uh, and they the kids are like, they're so happy and they're so proud and they're, they're so alive when they come through it. And, the, and it's, it's a selfless thing. They're dedicating their run, so to speak, to, to other people. And so the Patty Duke Mental Health Fund, that money that I've parked in nowhere waiting for something to invest it in, we're going to support this because coming out of COVID, kids are going to need structure. They're going to need fitness. They're going to need some way to orient to the world. And I think it's actually a really good um, application of that. Uh, and the funny thing was right the day after my mom the day after she passed or the day after her funeral, it was like the day, I can't remember. It was, it was like a couple days after she passed or something that I went to our 5k. So I went from Idaho where my mom lived down to Mesa, Arizona, where the 5k was and people were, there's condolences and it was, it was a whole thing. And so I don't know, I feel like there's a, a tie in, a tie in there, but, um, um, what the fuck was your question? Was, well, no, I mean, look, it wasn't really a question. It was like talking about, your mom and talking about the foundation and after she passed and mental health. But really the question is, did you ever worry? Cause it seems like someone you're, you're not someone that would, I would worry that maybe bipolar manic depressive, they're both the same thing utterly. Right. I mean, um, Oh, if you opened up the diagnostic, you know, there's the, that manual, this big, I can never remember that it's, it's the PD something. I can't remember what it is. It's a di diagnostic manual for all mental illness. If you open it up, and I'm sure this is true for a lot of people, but if you look, you know, I am sure that I satisfy a great number of the criteria that would be listed on it. So the good, you know, we talk about my wife, the, to have a partner in managing my mental life is uh, a gift from God, really. And then, you know, yeah, it's just very aware of, me and my life and my history and just keeps keeps an eye keeps an eye and then the other thing i was saying was that we have kids and it is a hereditary uh situation you know the thing about the conical thing just going back for a second about <laughs> doctors they're, they're, they are not very conic very conical, very conical. No, i just want to say something about that diagnosis their jobs doctors jobs are uh, constantly under threat of like the liability that they live under. Everything they say could ruin their career, their practice, their financial right. life, their kids' fortune. So doctors generally will lean on a more severe 
interpretation of what, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, um, just they, they give you a harder diagnosis than a to lot cover of time. the bases. Yeah. But I mean, you're like, oh, well, it's a permanent thing. Well, it wasn't permanent. But you know what? I can never say to the guy after five years, you never said that it was still going to be with me after you misrepresented right. you said, something. And you said it would go I mean, away. Right. How many girls do you know who are like, I was told I could never have children? Yeah, true. Right. Right. Or I, well, people like you, you can, you'll never walk again. Right. And they walk. Right. If anything, it gives you, uh, what's the word? Ambition hope. or, or not hope. I mean, that would be a hopeless thing to hear. I mean, oh, you'll oh, never oh, walk I, I again. I thought you meant the idea that they're not true always can give you hope, but no, yes, no, they give you determination, um, determination. Yeah. Determination. I mean, that's really where people decide who they are. Like, sure. who, how are you going to receive such a harsh, uh, diagnosis? But I think with mental illness, you know, with my mom's mental illness, her thing was use her diagnosis as a, I think we talked about this last time, but, um, as an identity, like, who are you? Are you the person who behaved badly on a few sets and w in relationships and had a reputation for being volatile? Or are you a person who is a champion for something that you've overcome? So she chose she chose that one. So wow. we all pick what we want our narrative to be, what we want our relationship to the public to be. And um, so I've always engaged the mental health bipolar discussion from the point of view of someone who grew up from a family member as a family member survivor in a way right uh, you know that's a word yeah sure i, I don't <laughs> like that word for me i don't like it for me but i certainly understand it um um i mean that word is we're, we're very aware of that word in modern culture right now because of the kind of the women's movement you know has advanced so significantly in the past few years um <clears throat> And being a survivor is like a new, it's a new, it's a new word in the vocabulary. It's not a new word, but it's gained real currency lately. So I wouldn't use it for me in with my mom's sense, but yeah, I mean, it's, I think it probably is appropriate because, you know, it's, it was, there was like, we talked about it. It was, it was hard. There were really, really, really hard, painful, tragic, violent, like bad times as a, as a, as a kid. But no, what I'm, I'm just saying, like, I've, I haven't wanted to talk about, uh, bipolar relative to me personally i haven't wanted to say like that's my identity that's who i am that's my experience yeah. i've been more than happy to because my mother for herself chose to make her experience her diagnosis her recovery her advocacy she made that a very public thing she wrote books she made a movie she was she was on talk shows i mean it was her her raison d'etre you know it's why she, it's who she was it's what she wanted her legacy to be i that i don't want or need that to be my legacy what i what i'm happy to do is travel around the country and speak to groups about bi bipolar disorder um from the perspective of a family member but you know anybody who knows me <laughs> who's experienced me in my life is like oh okay you know, wait, wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. When you say okay, are you saying okay as if you might not that you diagnose yourself, but when you read about things, you think there's a good chance that I probably have it and I'm working on it and it's a constant battle and something you don't really talk about? Sort of. I mean, I, 
any commercial I see on TV for any ailment, I'm sure I have that ailment. <laughs> you know? We always do that. I'm like, like oh my know. god, my hair was flaky. I'm sure I have it. I oh my know. god, fibromyalgia <laughs> is. Let, let me tell you, that thing is always on CNN. They must pay if they would just not do ads. They'd probably save millions of dollars. But honestly, I I look at the fibromyalgia and I look at it and I go. Fatigue, constant fatigue. I'm like, oh my God, I, I got the fascialgia. Inside of You is brought to you by Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. And look, hair thinning impacts a lot of us, myself included. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. Nutrafol helps support hair growth from within by targeting possible key root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and even metabolism. Does the craziness of everyday life leave you stressed and shedding? Since having kids, have you started seeing a little more of your scalp? As menopause impacted your hormones and your hairline. When it comes to thinning hair, there are many possible root causes at play, and Nutrafol helps address them through a multi-targeted, whole-body approach. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplement for six months. While many supplements rely solely on ingredient studies, Nutrafol clinically tests final formulations to ensure their efficacy. In Nutrafol's own clinical studies, 72% of men saw more scalp coverage after taking Nutrafol men's hair growth supplement for six months, and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after taking Nutrafol women's hair growth supplements for six months. Take their hair wellness quiz at Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific possible root causes. With Nutrafol, getting help building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online, no prescription or doctor's visits required, Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure you'll never miss a day. You could see results in three to six months. Take the first step to help you see visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter promo code INSIDE. Find out why 4,500 professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code INSIDE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code INSIDE. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Senolytic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Synaletic Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. 
but uh, I tried quaiacinolytic and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, quaiacinolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And... You just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Quaiacinolytic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have, I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that. And uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this. So that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code inside at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. What I'm saying for me is that that's not a diagnosis that I want to make a part of my identity. I hear you. I don't, no, I'm just, uh, yeah. So, and you know what? The It's funny because I talk in a lot of these um, uh, talks that I do. I mean, I just gave a mental health talk to uh, the American Correctional Association. This is like 1,500 uh, uh, correctional officers. Right. And talking about my mom's experience, talking about my experience growing up, offering my perspective and thoughts about things. And, and one of the things that I talk about is language and how and 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 how language is i mean the mental health field the psychiatry in particular uh has come so far i mean my mom's thing was we have to destigmatize and you even see it now that nfl football ad was so great about you know destigmatizing it and everything else but in a, in a um not but also in a way that project of destigmatizing has worked in a lot of areas, maybe not in all areas, but you know, if you go to if you go to Indiana where my wife is from, people are more than comfortable talking about their medications, you know, and oh, I've yeah. got to go to CVS to get my medication. Oh, I have, and and somehow it's like it's a little bit more socially acceptable now for people to use that phrase, and that that should be encouraging to anybody who has an issue that like oh, there, there's a lot of places in this world you can go where you are. Uh, where, where, where someone with that diagnosis is fully understood and accepted to be a total human being, and it's not going to uh, limit your your life. And that's exciting. That's, that's exciting. That's it's exciting. thrilling. But the vocabulary of psychiatry actually, in a lot of ways, is meant to be used between physicians and uh, between physicians and the drug world in pharmaceutical world and the nursing community and administrative people. And there's a lot of people for whom the, the vocabulary of mental illness is really 
efficient and you know proper and thorough and everything else, but it totally fucks up a lot of people. You know, actual human beings who are actually being diagnosed because in a lot of ways it's like uh it's like a death sentence for people it feels it's like, like a that. brand like branding you know it's like this is this you're labeled this is who you are well that but also just just you know they they uh they call one of the words is uh well patient your mental health patient but you're also uh they use the word sufferer oh mm. this person's a mental health sufferer and you're like jesus christ how's anybody supposed to develop like wellness in their life if they're constantly thinking of themselves indefinitely as a patient or indefinitely as I a agree. sufferer like that vocabulary is not helpful that people it is not sufferer is not something people want to associate themselves with i, no, and, I am and, a sufferer and survivor and recovery and like those words can be very very helpful and very empowering and very useful and particularly at certain phases of people's uh, discovery of their own like wellness strategy. But um, but for a lot of people, it makes it so they don't want to get a diagnosis. They don't want to go to the doctor. They don't want to consider uh, the types of medications that might be available to them. They don't, well, don't want to consider it because they just don't like the vibe. And to me, the community could do itself a, a big service by acknowledging that it's communication skills are like the lagging thing in their, in their progress. Right. And so what I was saying was in terms of stigma, it actually is still there in a way like in, in, yeah. in, in uh, if you have your druthers pick that diagnosis, you know, talk about that diagnosis or not. Um, I get a lot of positive feedback when I say to people, when they ask me what you're asking me, like you don't have to, and it, relative to my kids, relative to anybody, you don't have to tell anyone what your diagnosis is. You know, first thing, the, the willingness, the bravery it takes to, to put yourself up for some kind of evaluation to see if, if some sort of diagnosis is, you know, appropriate for you, that takes courage. It's terrifying for people to do that. Um, and then, but doing that and then getting the diagnosis, that's just the doctor's half of the equation. You have to accept the diagnosis. And if you're willing, you know, uh, uh, if the diagnosis isn't right for you and you don't accept it, you know, good for you that you went through a process where you are more armed with information than you were beforehand. If you get a diagnosis and you're willing to accept it because it's helpful to you, uh, then that's great too. Yeah. But, I agree then, with but that. then when it comes time to sharing your process and your experience, some people aren't like us. Some people, don't feel good. Some, some people's work environment, for example, is not conducive. If you were to, you know, you may be legally protected, but it might make people uncomfortable because they have some, who knows what. So you people have to decide for themselves if and when they seek a diagnosis, they get a diagnosis, they accept a diagnosis, and they share a diagnosis. Each one of those things, guess who's in charge? The, guess who's the boss of each one of those moments? You, you're the boss of your moment. You get to say whether you're going to go get a diet, unless you, you know, you find yourself uh, in that situation because of circumstances that you are unable to control. But, but, um, but choosing to get a diagnosis, getting the diet. And by the way, it takes a lot of people. It's much, much faster now. I don't know what the, the newest statistics are with the Psychiatric Institute of America or whoever. Uh, I'm sure it's within 
like 18 months or something like that. But I, that's just me spitballing. But it used to be when my mom was alive, when she was in, in the mid eighties, it would take like eight years to get an accurate diagnosis. Eight years My God. of suffering. Yeah, until that's, that's you be, And, you know, by the way, doctors can be assholes. You know, doctors can be, and you, you, you never want to um, push away the possibility that someone can get help from a physician or a psychiatric professional, but they've come a long way too. They used to be real assholes. It, like as a class, maybe not totally, maybe I was insulated from it, but my experience of people was that they were so arrogant and condescending and dismissive and un, you know, uh, unpleasant. Unsupportive. Yeah. Unless it was in their way, you know, and, and now I've seen, I've seen physicians by and large now what I've been exposed to and it's anecdotal. So people have to make up their own minds and choose their own thing. But like, there is some humility that has worked its way into the system because now people don't have the same, their education, the physicians, their education. um, There's so much that they don't know and that they don't understand. And it's obvious to anyone that they don't know and they don't understand it, that it's like, well, this is what we do know. This is what we do understand. And we want to help you with this, but there's a lot of stuff we don't know. So I find that humility when it's expressed by physicians, terribly reassuring because I'd much rather have somebody tell me that they don't, uh, that they don't know something rather than hedge or fudge or use their personality or intimidation or something like that, um, you know, to, to compel me to do something or to obfuscate the fact that they aren't on hundred percent sure footing with what they're saying. You're on point today. You're, you're very passionate and fiery about this. And I like it because you're passionate, <laughs> very passionate about it. And I really, I appreciate that. Listen, this is called uh, shit talking with Sean Aston. I like that kind of rot g- goes with your name. Shit talking with Sean Aston. My wife would concur. <laughs> These are questions from my patrons uh rapid fire or you know if you really want to uh go a little longer feel free but it's rapid fire sophie m if you could have 50 50 first dates which i know you were in what would your ideal date be to do over and over sit in a bathtub with your wife that's where where i went that's right where i went (laughs) that's where i went with your wife Uh, i mean with you and your wife honestly this is true before uh covid's uh missing year um oh there's something else i want to share with you but um uh a date you could do what would your ideal date be to do over and over i guess that you know uh, honestly there's a place we go in hawaii and uh we can either take our little golf cart or we can walk down to where the uh the the, the beachside grill is and uh and we sit there and we have a little have a little drink and yeah just walking walking together sun sun kissed and walking down to the you know at at sunset yeah. you just got warm and fuzzy yeah, thinking of your wife so after 30 right years I'm, I'm, of I'm marriage i'm like we're going to hawaii you're gonna go either in the bathtub or to hawaii maybe just take the bathtub there's party. a bathtub in hawaii just so you know probably oh, there's and, one other thing i want to tell you yeah go ahead so covid there's like epochs the guitar period i got better at the guitar not enough i thought about bringing it in here but not enough to bring it in here Play us but, something okay wait hold on <laughs> oh yeah Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, play a song for me. I'm not sleepy and there's no place that I'm going to. Hey, Mr. Tambourine Man, 
I love it though. It's sweet. I, you know, you, you enjoy it. I could see you enjoy playing guitar. You keep doing it. Play it, play more. <laughs> but, um, 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 uh, so there was that, then my union got into a, uh, there was a whole thing with, uh, stuff going on with the union business and I got deeply invested in that for a couple months. And then, Oh, look at this. What happened? The dog's here, guys. The, the dog's here. Oh my gosh. Look at that little monster. Look at those ears. What's her name? What's her name again? Holly. Holly. You didn't know her name. I know her name. <laughs> Dad's one of our tricks is to make it like we're stupid. And so they're like, oh, he's just pretending he's stupid. And then when we really are stupid, which is most of the time, it, they can't tell the difference. Okay, there you go. <laughs> okay, next question. Lisa H. In Encino, man, what was it like to work with Polly Shore, honestly? And any thoughts for teaming up to make it an Encino Man 2, the older years? We have all indicated that we would be more than happy to do a sequel. Um, personally, I want to know what Betty Nugs looks like. <laughs> 30 years later so that was one of the that was a cave girl that came up at the end of the movie, right. the movie. Um, i remember what about paulie 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 was really focused uh really knew his audience he was really kind of at a sweet spot in his life and his career um where he 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 was he was ambitious he was kind of like the opposite of his character. So wait, so he ways. didn't talk to you in off camera, like, "Hey, Shawnee, what's up, bud? What are you well, doing today, bud?" No, he was just very protective of the fact that he had his hit MTV show and this thing was going on, and he didn't want. <clears throat> he was just protective of it. So no, he would talk to me, but we didn't get on that great um, because I didn't really want to be doing the movie. Wait, and you didn't then, get along that great. Well, I mean, whatever we got. I mean, it wasn't like there wasn't any bad anything, but, but it was he just knew like, you didn't want to do it. So there was a little bit like, oh, he didn't even want to be here. No, I was kind of like I had done some movies that were substantial movies. Right. Like what? Besides Goonies and Rudy and uh, well, I did Memphis Bell. Memphis they're not necessarily Bell. substantial in re like histor on the historical. Memphis record Bell's a big cinema, movie. But Memphis Bell was a movie that I did that was, I think, kind of an important movie. It was. Uh, yep. Uh, kind of a love letter to veterans of the the air war in Europe. And um, it was David Putnam, you know, who was, who did chariots of fire and, and the mission. And, it was a you know, very memorable of, movie, but he, but you didn't, it took a lot to get you to do this scheduling and you weren't as passionate. So there probably was a little bit of animosity or whatever. I get it. Right. Not animosity. Just <laughs> like, like how I throw that word at you. I just threw it out. Like you're like, yeah. Well, we, we, like we just we, we just were like on different pages but like like brendan fraser and i would play video games in the dressing room awesome we'd be like and cut and we'd run to the dressing room and go in the dressing room and play a video game uh, you know like uh, we were we bonded like that um later in life and times paulie and i i think like we I, we like each other like we're we're i think we'd be happy to be interacting together and i think i my i appreciated who he was and what he was doing at that time, but it just was not my scene. I'm just not the like guy who's going to like play a bunch of college campuses and you know talk about you know and just be hitting on all kinds of girls. And I don't know, it just wasn't my, it just wasn't my vibe. But I got why it was why he had the audience. I got why it was fun and funny right. for him. I just was it was me. I was the problem. <laughs> I was the problem. Maddie S, you've had an awesome career playing the underdog, morally good characters. If you could choose, what type and or characteristics of a villain would you love to? 
portray on screen? Um, maybe the vulnerability. You know, it's a really weird thing when someone can kill people and yet they're, you're like, you feel for them. You're like, wow, that's coming from a place of pain. You know, because mostly you just think like, shoot that person and, and get them out of society. Right. But if you're if you're uh, if you're an actor and you're studying like what goes into uh, a villain, um, I mean, I don't know, I don't know, maybe I don't know. That's just the first thing that occurs to me is that you know I, I, most actors who play villains tell you that they've got to find a way to find something about them to connect with, and My, uh, uh, and I think the, that vulnerability, that sense of or 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 um injustice i'm like a i'm like a an injustice aholic if i see injustice anywhere it makes me so upset it makes me Good. so even like a kid getting bullied or the country getting bullied or whatever it is i it just it just makes my blood boil and i and i so you know to have a baddie who would feel a righteous sense of indignation and like they're doing what they're doing because they were wronged and they feel like it's the right thing to do. I don't know. And then, you know, usually there's some grotesque perversion inside of them that is, makes them a villain. But Rosie, um, yeah, but I like that. Rosie asks this. You always play great roles, sweet roles, guys you like. Have you ever worked with anyone that really bothered you, that was hard to work with, difficult to work with, and that was volatile on set? There's one actor who there's only one time I ever walked off a set. Like I'm a professional. My mother was a professional. You know, she, she taught me at eight years old and 10 years old, you know, how to hit your mark and can know where your light is and know your lines and be better for the other person off camera than you, you are on camera. You're on camera. Like, just the kind of nobility of professionalism. And that's, that's what I've always, uh, it's always been in my soul. Even when I, even when I'm cocky, I still think I have that somewhere, but, but uh, there was this one actor who was playing this like tortured, angry person. And there was a scene where there's a group of people on one side and that person on the other side, I don't want to dis describe it too specifically, but um, the person with a prop, they they used the prop violently too much like they were not careful the thing shattered and could have gone in people's eyes and it was like unprofessional and i walked over to the director and i just whispered to the director you better handle that and the director looked at me like like i don't understand what you're saying i was like did you just see what happened? He goes, yeah. I said, are you going to address that? And he goes, I think it's great stuff. And I said, bye. And I walked out and he chased me down the street to the thing. And, and uh, he said, I don't understand. I don't understand. I said, what just happened was unsafe. I was like, in order to work in an environment, it has to be safe. I was like, so instead of punching you in the fucking face, I decided to walk away and let you continue your unsafe behavior without me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I didn't understand. I didn't. Did you see it break? Yes. Did, was it planned to be broken? No. Could that chip have hit that person in the face? Well, could it? Yeah, I guess it could have. Yes. Did you ask that person if they felt that could have gone in their face? Uh, go ask them if they felt that could, if they were scared. You, there's, we're actors. You, you know, there's, there's a way in which we are, you know, our fear, we tap into genuine fear for it to work. But 
the kind of fear that comes from, you know, an out of control actor breaking something and almost injuring somebody is uh, not okay. So I walked out. Well, that actor came out sobbing and so upset. And, and I, so I ended up sitting, hugging the actor and talking through so it. So it worked out. It worked out at the end. It was just a big. Worked uh, out. It worked out. We went back in there. So I, that's not exactly like, you know, was there some human being? I'm sure there have been human beings that I was like, not that much of. a fan of them as a human being. But, uh, but that's the thought that came into my mind. Wow. Wait, I have to tell you this other thing. The third mm. epoch, the guitar epoch. Okay. Union epoch. I got into grad school for six months. I've been studying public policy and uh, public administration at American University online. What? Are you taking classes and getting grades? Are you doing well? So far, but this interview is putting me behind. So, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> I love it. Uh, well, hey, no, but- yeah, no, I'm doing well. It is the hard, it is incredibly hard. It's much, 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 much harder than I ever thought it would be. My my brain is constantly being just bent in ways I didn't. I mean, one class was uh, um, uh, administrative law. I did two months Oof. of administrative law, reading probably 120 cases of uh, Supreme Court decisions. Oh my! Like wow! And, and, and writing about it, and then studying, you know, all about CBS you know, Radford, so it's, 1973. It's, been, it's something I've always wanted to do. It's something I don't think I probably ever. The only time I ever got close was when I was doing Stranger Things. I had such a small part in it that I was um, I was t- uh, studying for the GRE, like at my hotel room, day after day after day, waiting to go to work for ten minutes, and uh, and then I got a job that took me out of the country, and I couldn't, I didn't fall through with it. So this actually, in a way, the pandemic has provided an opportunity for me that is a lifelong dream. Dude, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. I can see how happy you are doing it, which makes me incredibly happy. <laughs> All right, this is it, man. This is, this is, these are rapid now. You just answer them quickly. Here we go. Last few. Sh- uh, shit talking with Sean Astin. Leanne, when my brother was 18, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I had no idea what that was. I read your mom's book, A Brilliant Madness, really helped me gain perspective and understand my brother and his struggles a little better. So that was just a statement thanking you. Mm, well, yeah, amen. <laughs> I thank her too. I've had so many people say the same thing to me. The big, This isn't rapid fire, but the biggest one was at a nursing home where my uh, retirement home, I guess, um, where my wife's grandfather was. We went to visit him. And when I came out of his room, this nurse saw me barely any time to, to register who, who it was, the human that was in front of her, but she locked eyes on me. And then she almost like physically collapsed and I had to like grab her. So I was like holding her up, like your knees are shaking, trying to hold this lady up. And uh, she's sobbing. And she basically said the same thing that that oh, she just that said. said. Uh, was it Leanne? What was Leanne, her name? yep. Yeah, so it, um, where it was her father who was suicidal and and he had a crush on my mom on her TV show in the 60s and he gave her gave him her book and he read the book in one sitting and stood up and said, I, I don't, I, I want to live. I want to live now. So, but wow. you know, that book was a, in our family, it was this, the cause of a lot of, uh, Sturm und Drang. Is that the word? The German word is a lot of hassle. I'm a Jew. I don't know if that's the, the brothers word. Were not happy. Dad was not happy. It was, it was, there was a lot of stuff in it that people didn't like. Um, but then over time that pain from inside the family kind of went away. And this is the legacy of that book is it, it helps people, which is amazing. Maya P rapid fire. What's your proudest moment as an actor? The one moment that pops in your head when when they got Best Picture, Lord of the Rings, was that it? Yeah, on, on the volcano in the Lord of the Rings, yeah. Yeah? 
Wow. But that was a lot, a lot went into that moment, but yeah, I mean, like a lifetime went into that moment, but as the, as a, uh, you know, I also, the root movement of Rudy, where Rudy gets uh, accepted into Notre Dame, oh. that was a huge breakthrough for me, huge breakthrough. If it wasn't for that, then the Lord of the Rings moment would not have been the same. Beautiful. Mary B, your last visit inside of you really touched my soul. People say that nice guys can't make it in Hollywood. You seem nice enough. How do you keep balanced? How do you keep from straying from your moral center? And you've answered that in so many ways. So in one sentence, how could you sum that up? Uh, you got to know your way back to your, moral, to your moral center. Everybody, nobody lives pinned in a moral certainty. So my wife I love it. Shows, shows me the way back to it. Find your way back. Find your way back to your heart. Do you know that song? Uh, yeah. There, there's another song that is one, one of my favorite songs on this thing. Go on. You have one more question, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, what you do to stay a, a positive, Ray H. I mean, you know, obviously, you know, you're with your family. You're doing this new thing online and uh, doing something you've loved. So it kind of you kind of answered that one. Nick my wife has this philosophy. You know, her knee. She has a knee problem. She's needed a knee surgery, maybe a full knee replacement since before COVID. So her entire COVID has been limping. And, but she says that she makes a conscious decision and I've seen her do this. There's times, you know, imagine she's got four kids, our three daughters and me and dogs, lots of dogs. And it's like, she is, she's the gravity. She's the center of gravity for our family. And, uh, but it's not always easy and it's not always fun. Uh, and she, you know, the help she gives to the girls with their homework, with their studies, their online studies, um, is incredible. And she says that she makes a conscious decision in the morning when she puts her feet on the ground, that it's going to be a good day. That is very important. There's many times where I just go, Hey, I have these little signs next to my bed that says, breathe. It's okay. Life's good. You only get one. Let's go. <laughs> I'm with I'm withdrawing your privilege of having anxiety for one year. You're saying that I can't. You're not allowed. You can have a little bit of anxiety, but when you reach a certain ceiling of it, Sean is there going. It's not today. You're not going to. You know what? I'll probably think of that now. I'll probably think, (laughs) oh, you're getting anxious. I'm like, no, Sean wouldn't allow that. You're allowed to be who you want to be, but I just. You are such. Don't say it. So good, dude. And, and anybody who has a soul that's as good as yours deserves not to have an unreasonable amount of stress and anxiety. I'm working. I, look, I love you for saying that. And I really do. And I respect you. And I, I miss you. And I, uh, I, I'm working on it, man. I, sometimes things just happen and you're, you're so overwhelmed by them that you don't know where to begin again. And you feel like you're going, it's the same shit. It's the same routine. It's the same. You know, it's just part of like, this is what you do, dude. This is what you do. Wait, and you, a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You might have just found a, a the path to your own salvation there. You just said you don't know where to go to begin again. Where can you go to begin again? What's a reliable place for you to go to begin again? If you can figure that out. And everyone gets overwhelmed. Everyone has, you know, problems and whatever. But at the moment where you go like, wait, I got to know where to go again, have a place. You know what? That's brilliant. That is brilliant. I'm going to find that place because 
Uh, let me tell you something, man. This is the end of this podcast, but yeah, I will yeah. say I feel better than I did when we started. I felt like, I don't know if I could do this. I'm really not in the mood. I'm a little lightheaded. I just feel tired. A little, you know, whatever. You know, I get in my head. I just felt like shit. And then after talking to you for 30 minutes, the first 30, I, I completely had a shift. Did you notice my shift, Ryan? It just, if you watch this video again, you'll see the shift from, because you comfort me, man. I love you, man. I love you too. Hey, give me a little dizzy, made up. Dizzy is you just have to feel like a jazz musician. Go with to, it. You just have to feel Pretend like a jazz musician. Yeah. Hey, real quick, play an end outro to this was inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum podcast with Sean asked, just make up oh, okay. something. This was inside of you. This was inside of you. Oh, that's the one I did last time. I like that. This has been inside of you. Hey, you know. listen, I love you, and I can't thank you enough for coming on again. Will you come on once a year? Yeah, once a year, man. I'm your man. Listen, when this is all over, when I'm allowed to your house, I want to come and just hang out and meet the family. I really haven't got a chance to do the, that. Uh, the Mars pod. <laughs> this is like I, I feel like we're living in one of those biodomes that they set up. Like, can the astronaut survive for a year? In the Yeah, so come on out to our dome. See, there may just be bodies. It may not even be... <laughs> That sounds appealing. All right. I love you, buddy. Thanks for allowing me to be inside of you again. Love you, bro. All my love to your family. And keep right. doing that course. I love that you're doing that. <laughs> I'm going to get a degree, baby. I'm going to get a are. master's degree. I just, uh, what, what, what can you say about this guy that hasn't been said? I mean, he's just, he's done it all. He's, he's a, and he's a What a career. Man. Seriously. And he just stays so humble and sweet. I was looking over here because this is where the Rudy poster used to be. Oh, yeah, the Rudy poster. But then I but turned no, it into horror movie posters now. Well, it you got a theme, which is fine. Yeah, but yeah. That's, yeah, that's where. If you check it out on YouTube, you'll see that I have a Lost Boys original poster signed by um, Kiefer and, and Jason and Evil Dead signed by uh, uh, Bruce Campbell. And a Fright Night poster signed by the director, Tom Holland. I just love movies and love horror. And some people make fun of me for having these things. But Kurt Russell signed my The Thing and Escape from New York posters. Aliens poster signed by the cast. I think these are cool things. You may not. You may think you're a dork Rosenbaum. But you know what? You're jealous. That's it. We're all just totally jealous. jealous. We're all just jealous. Uh, once again, if you want to listen to my band, the album just came out. I really do think you're going to like it. If it was crappy, I would not tell you to listen. But you can get the CD and you can get... Uh, uh, a lot of other great stuff, beanies, trucker hats, lunchboxes, coasters, all on the sunspin.com um, website. website. That's correct. And uh, you could also get all the amazing inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum, uh, pictures from inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum or Lex Luthor pictures, flash pictures, even sorority boys pictures. Oh, they can get all this stuff at the inside of you online store, Lex shirts. There's just so much great stuff out there. So, I mean, if you think that stuff's great, I want to say thank you again for listening and please subscribe. As Ryan told you, you know, the handles. Um, if you listen to the beginning, I don't think you're going to start listening to this podcast at the end. So uh, always looking for more uh, people. So if you, if you like this podcast, tell a friend and, um, have them listen if you were here for uh sean Aston, hopefully you'll come back next week for whoever it is we're trying to get uh bigger and uh, bigger guests and that is always what we're striving good guests i should say we're just trying to get good guests 
at the end of the day, you want a good guest. I'd rather have a good guest than a big guest, wouldn't you? Yeah, but you seem to you, you you've done a good job, especially lately, of like getting getting it out. Like if if there's ever any doubt in anyone's mind that like oh, you know, you 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 find the angle and you you get in and you really do. You, they're all good episodes. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah. Well, man. thank you. And you edit them, and that means that means a lot. I, I try to. Again, uh, I tried to think like just regular human beings, not like some actor going, hey, let's go. I just really try to ask questions that I'm interested in and kind of go down the little rabbit holes of. Well, you start there and then it, it always ends up with the human story. I mean, I hope yeah. that's the goal. So you keep get, listening. You get there. Listen to Ryan. Well, you listen to the boy. It always happens. Yes. The goods are in there. They're the, always in there. <laughs> the goods are in there. The goods. Well, I uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate all the letters that you guys write me on hello at insideofyoupodcast.com. Um, they're awesome. I read them all the time. If I don't respond to you, I just, I don't respond to everybody. I can't possibly, but I read them and I'm touched by them. So if you want to leave any messages, hello at inside of you podcast.com, I believe it is. Mm -hmm. And you can leave messages there. Sometimes people say, Oh, I just made an order, but, uh, I gave the wrong address. I'm like, well, chances are I didn't look at that in time and I sent it to the wrong address. So I don't know what to tell you. Sometimes I send free stuff. Uh, there was a smudge once little oh. smudge. But the Not dude's a, a collector. I got it. So I was like, look, send it back. I'll give you some extra goodies and stuff. I'll I'll sign it. I'll make it better. I mean, then they could just clone you. They could just take your DNA. Mm -hmm. Just take your little fingerprints. I always that's try to, it. I always try to do the right thing, right? I always try to make everybody happy. And that's my problem because I can't make everybody happy. You can please some of the people some of the time, a few of the people a few, a few of the time. But you can't please all the people all the time. That's just the no. way it goes. No. I don't know. Uh, again, my patrons who make this show possible in so many ways. First of all, thank you, Westwood One. Thank you, Ryan, for amazing editing and engineering. Bryce for producing and really sticking with me. Sticking with me, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. I love the podcast. A lot of people really love the podcast. So um, I want to thank those guys for sticking with the podcast. My patrons, if you want to join Patreon, again, patreon.com slash inside. I'll message you back as soon as possible. Uh, here are the wonderful uh, top tier patrons who I send the merch every three months or every four months. And I, uh, you know, write little personalized notes and um, hopefully they're enjoying their time as a top tier patron. Uh, and also thank you for coming to stage a few weeks back and supporting the band. We play every last Saturday of the month, 2 p.m. and 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time show. Uh, here are the patrons. Nancy D, Mary B, Leah S, Trisha F, Sarah V, Little Lisa, Yukiko, Jill E, Brian H, Lauren G, Nico P. You can see them right here. They're on YouTube. Look at this. It's just amazing technology. Wow. Uh, Robin S, Jerry W, Robert I, Jason W, Apothean. Apothean. Kristen K, Amelia O, Allison, o, J Allison L, Jess J, Lucas M, Raj C, Joshua D, Emily S, CJP, Samantha M, Jennifer N, Jackie P, Stacy L, Carly H, Carly S, Jan S, Jamal F, Janelle B, Carrie B, Tabitha 272, not to be confused with. Uh, Tabitha 273. That's correct. Jesus. Ashley Ryan, Kimberly E, Mike E, Marissa N, uh, Eldon Supremo, Dan, Jack S, love you, Ramira, Beth B, Santiago M, Sarah F, Chad W, Leanne P. Ray A, Maya P, Maisha C, Maddie S, Kendra Graff, Ashley E, Shannon D, Matt W, Belinda N, Kevin D V, Kevin V, James R, Chris H, Osborne, 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 Amy C, Dave H, Samantha S, Spider-Man Chase, Sheila G, Ray H, Alyssa C, Tabitha T, Misha H, Tom N, Henry S, Katie F, Liliana A, Michelle K, Hannah B, Michael S, Talia M, Luke H, 
And here's the last patrons. Bum, John bum, S., Andrew T. Can we have music, please? Bum, 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 bum. Claire M., Liz J., Laura L., Chad L., Rochelle E., Nathan E., Brandel, Taylor K., Neil A., Marion E., Meg K., Janelle P., Dan N., Jennifer J., Wayne M., Diane R., Ojeda, Lorraine G., Olga C., Corey M., Carrie H., Veronica K., Big Stevie W., and Kendall T. Those are the top-tier patrons, uh, and I thank you for the continued support and love, and I hope you are continuing to love the show and um, I try to message you when I can. It's 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 not easy. Let's do a YouTube live soon too. We got to play some music in a request line. So, my patrons, make sure you come to the YouTube live. Right now, we only get a couple hundred. Where you'd think all the patrons would come to it, but they they're busy. They have things going on in their lives. People got stuff to do. People got shit to do, man. Uh, thank you for allowing me to be inside of each and every one of you from my home in the Hollywood Hills of California. I was trying to do trumpets, like the show tune. Wasn't keep keep doing it. I'm Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Ryan Tays. Yep, that, and uh, we love you guys. And we have a little wave to the camera. Hey, thanks so much for uh, joining me on this Tuesday. I know you guys are busy or whatever day it is on your way to work, on your way home. If you're having a tough day, I wish you the best day. I hope it gets better. It will get better. Um, we got to make the most out of this, uh, life that we're, we're given. And, uh, I appreciate everybody, um, and all their support. Thanks. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.